welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast and happy December. I am so excited about today's podcast because I have an outstanding guest today. Trisha Brooke is on the podcast. So in addition to working in the entertainment industry, Trisha Brooke applies her expertise as a director and writer for film, television, and theater to the art of public speaking. She's the executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square and has choreographed Black Box on ABC, the the Affair on Showtime, Rescue Me on Fox, and John Turturro's Romance and Cigarettes. The series she directed, Sublets, won Best Comedy at the Vancouver Web Festival. She's written two musicals, a play, a sitcom plot, and a feature film. She's been featured in Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, Broadway World, and has been a featured guest on Leaders in the Trenches, Ultimate Leadership, Entrepreneur on Fire, Weekly Alignment. She also hosts the podcast, The Big Talk on iTunes, where she interviews people who talk for a living. So what do we talk about in today's podcast? We talk about how to craft, how to pitch a big talk. So we get Trisha's simple formula to make a powerful talk, how to craft a raw and meaningful story, introversion and ways to overcome stage fright, the importance of communicating expectations for success, and so much more. I am thrilled to have Trisha on the program. We met a couple of weeks ago through Chris Winfield's Unfair Advantage, and she is simply wonderful. So without further ado, let's get right to the episode with Trisha Brooke. Hey, Trisha, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. I am super excited to be here with you, Karen. So, you know, like we said in in your bio, you have a really interesting and diverse background. So can you fill in some of the blanks for the listeners? Absolutely. I moved to New York City from Missouri to pursue a career in dance. I had a very successful concert dance career for many years and then transitioned transitioned into choreography, directing, writing, and working in film, television, and theater. And I have recently become the executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square, where I get to work with the most amazing speakers who have incredible things to say. It just seems like that's quite an evolution. So were there any challenges along the way? I mean, it sounds like, oh, it's just naturally flowed, which perhaps it did. But were there any challenges? Because oftentimes people listening might be in those stages of, you know, I've done this for a while and maybe I'm ready to switch careers. Maybe I'm ready to move on to something new. I think the challenges and the no's that I received over and over again in my career gave me the tenacity and the drive to to pivot, to take a different road. So I never got I never had a roadblock. I simply went down a new path. And that's exactly what happened from working as a dancer. Somebody said, Hey, can you choreograph my movie? And I said, Yeah, sure. Somebody said, Hey, can you can you direct this play? Yeah, why not? Hey, can you write this musical? Never written anything before. Why not? So it was all about saying yes, being challenged, and not being afraid of failing. 
And in your, like you said, in, in your career path, going out on audition after audition, you get no's sometimes. So I guess you get it's kind of comfortable with the rejection. And does that make it easier to say yes, knowing, well, what's the worst that can happen? Definitely, Karen. I didn't get no's a lot. I got no's mostly. And that was just something that we all face as as performers, as dancers, as actors. You get many more no's than you get yeses. And so you get used to getting up and trying again. You get familiar with how to protect yourself. You get comfortable with being, being uh, aware of who you are having the the courage to continue forward and also they're just not buying what I'm selling it's not me it's them great perspective because I have to tell you I used to have the worst time with that kind of people saying no I'd be like did I do something wrong what's wrong with me I must be like why am I even doing this and then sometimes it it used to not so much anymore kind of make me think well I'm not going to do this again I'm not going to put myself out there again I think you have to have a real self-confidence. You have to have a real uh, clear understanding of who you are and trust that the right fit will find you. I I walk through doors where I'm welcome. I don't try to knock down doors where I'm not. And that creates for me a team of people who are like-minded. It creates uh, a tribe that I continue to work with over and over again. If I find people that have the same belief system and have the same drive and have the same creative interpretation, I keep them with me. And it's the same thing with speakers. When I meet somebody who has an interesting idea, who I think is, is sharing this idea because they want to make the world a better place, not because they want to be famous, not because they want to take the big stages and talk about themselves, but because they have something important to say, those are the kind of people I want to be around. Those are the kind of people who I attract based on knowing who I am. That's great advice. And so let's talk about speaking because that's going to be the bulk of our conversation here. So you're the executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square. So I'm sure you get a lot of people applying to speak. We'll get to how to apply in a, in a little bit later. Let's talk about first, what makes a good talk? Is there a basic formula to this? I think there is a basic formula, and that is opening strong with something that will make your audience want to keep listening. And whether it's a tease, a compelling photo or a video, or whether you spark their curiosity. And Chris Anderson of TED says, when you ignite your audience's curiosity, you are creating gaps in what they know that they're and, and they're furiously trying to close those gaps. So that's super exciting for me. Um, then you want to inspire instead of pitch and you want to close once there's nothing worse than somebody who's going on and on and on at the end of their talk so i think open strong inspire instead of pitch and close once those are really important and when you say inspire instead of pitch could you explain that absolutely you want to take the i out of the equation you don't want to go up onto a stage and say i can solve these problems for you because this is what I do. You want to inspire your audience with a new way of thinking. 
So creates, create a story that inspires them to think differently and potentially adopt your idea as their own. And that is not easy. I mean, you know, I watch a lot of TED Talks and they are all inspiring and they do kind of open your mind and make you think about different possibilities. Because let's face it, we all have cognitive biases that are really, really hard to overcome. So what is your advice for someone who is thinking about putting a talk together to, to kind of reach in and, and break those cognitive biases? I think it's really important first to know the story that you're going to tell. Make sure you tell it from your point of view. If you are trying to tell a story or share an idea that is simply based on your book launch, nobody's going to listen. You want to dig deep get ugly, get naked, and share something that is meaningful to you, and therefore it becomes meaningful to us. So it's like it's all about you, but it's not really about you. It comes right? from you. It yeah. comes from you, but it's about your audience. Yeah, yeah. I just had to give a two-minute speech last week, and it's hard to, like I remember writing it out. I'm like, this should be two minutes, and then I, I went up, in front of my mirror and I practiced, I put on the timer and it was 45 seconds. And I was like, what? this is a couple of paragraphs. And I realized what I was doing was I was, I was running for an office in a physical therapy uh, community. And I realized kind of exactly what you said. Like I was saying what I know and what I can do and what I get. And instead I got great advice from a colleague who said, just tell a story, just tell a story about, you know, something that might have changed your outlook on things. You disarmed the audience by sharing something about yourself, by showing up and being vulnerable. And that's what makes a good talk. If you come on as the expert and you're completely guarded and you're simply pontificating from your soapbox, nobody's going to hear what you're saying because they're going to feel like they need to protect themselves from you. So you want to walk onto that stage and be open to the gift of them being there for you so that you can share your gift with them. It is an absolute exchange. It is not one-sided. Mm, that's great advice. Now, let's say you don't have a big personality. You're on the introverted side, but you still have a story to tell and you still want to get it out there. So I am not a huge extrovert. I'm much better uh, sitting in my pajamas behind my computer interviewing people versus getting up on stage. How can you get on stage and express yourself? Like you said, make yourself open if you're generally an introverted person. I think the message is going to be your source of courage. Many people who are introverts have something really important to share with the world. And if you rely on the importance of that message and return to it, it will be your strength. It will be the courage that you need to step onto that stage. It can't be about you. So if you know that the message you're sharing has meaning to you and could potentially have meaning to others, let that be your courage and walk onto that stage and share the message and focus on the message. Let go of the nerves and let yourself trust that what you have to say is important. I, I went to see Chris Anderson speak, la uh, I think it was earlier this year or last year, and he was talking about how different speakers kind of overcome that 
it's, it's almost like a stage fright before you get up on to do that talk. So do you give any advice to the speakers at TEDx Lincoln Square on what they can do to overcome that paralysis almost before you have to, to give your talk? Repetition is everything. You have to start giving your talk with mild stress. And under mild stress means in front of people who love you and aren't going to judge you. So give your talk in front of your family. Then increase the stress level a little bit by giving your talk in front of friends. And then increase it even more. Give it in front of coworkers. And then give it in front of a group of strangers where the stress level is increased. If you do not practice giving your talk in front of people and you just do it by yourself in your room, you will totally freak on stage. And I'm saying this because I've seen it happen, but also you don't know what your body is going to do under stress and it could betray you. You might get sick to your stomach. You might start sweating. You might forget everything. So if you practice what it's like to be under the stress of walking onto a stage, you will be okay when you walk onto the stage. And the other thing I have all my speakers do is plant their feet, ground their feet, take in the audience, accept the gift, and I said this earlier, accept the gift of them being there to hear you, and then share your gift. Start when you are ready. Don't start until you are ready. If you start too soon, you won't be grounded. You want to take in that moment and then deliver your talk. So you don't have to rush up on the stage and just start talking immediately. You can. No. It's okay to have a, a couple seconds of silence. Absolutely. Let them want to hear what you want to say. They will wait until you're ready. The, you know, in the physical therapy world or, or fitness world, we kind of call what you just said graded exposure. So, for instance, if I have a patient who's afraid to walk up the stairs, I may have them step up on a book and back down and then maybe increase the size of the book. And then maybe do one step and then finally a flight of stairs. And that's kind of exactly, that's why as you were saying, you know, do it in front of family, do it in front of friends, do it in front of some coworkers and strangers. It's exactly what we do in, in physical therapy and in, in the fitness world is we expose people to a graded experience. You have to flex the thing. speaking muscle just like you flex the bicep. We talked about how to make a good talk. So let's say you have your talk you've done your practicing, maybe you've given this talk at various different um, outlets, and, and now you're ready for the big talk. Not to use your, uh, your podcast there, but you're ready for the big talk, right? So how do you pitch it? This is what everybody, because, you know, I always see people like, how did they do that? How are they up there? How are they doing that? So how do you pitch? My best advice to pitch a talk is back to the idea of inspire your event planner, inspire your TEDx organizer. And I'm going to give you two examples. So if I was, um, let's say if I'm a leadership coach for women, this is a pitch for my talk. Many women feel unworthy. I know it's difficult to give yourself permission to ask for what you're worth. And I have seen this problem over and over in my practice. And I can help you. So here's how I would inspire the same idea of being able to help women in leadership roles. 
Asking for permission can be deeply connected to the darkest fears we all succumb to. But keep in mind that the I want are two words that can change your life. So you want to inspire what you have to offer without selling what you have to offer. Tell us what you offer can do for the world instead of saying, I have something really important to say. Share what it is you you are saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Can you give an example of like a really bad way to pitch someone? <laughs> it, or even, even like if you have any that, obviously not naming names or anything, but because oftentimes people learn best when they hear what not to do. Sure. I can absolutely tell you what not to do, especially for, for TEDx Lincoln Square. Um, don't pitch your book. Don't pitch your business. Don't apply with, don't, don't start your application with, I just wrote a book and I, and I feel strongly that the message of my book should be a TEDx because first of all, TEDx is not about selling. It's about an, it's about ideas worth spreading. Secondly, you're limiting yourself. Entrepreneurs and speakers who have businesses are more than their business. And that's why they started their companies because they have something special to share with the world. They have a special point of view. It's uniquely there. So don't limit yourself to your book or your business. Find out why you started that company and tell me that story. I'm not going to pitch a TEDx organization about how I work with actors or how I work with public speakers. That's not interesting. I'm going to pitch somebody a talk about mourning the loss of my single self when I got married. You know, that's something that might be of interest to, to young women. That might be of interest to people who just got married and don't know who the hell they are. So pitch something that is uniquely your point of view that's not about selling your book. And I think it's interesting how, you know, in the example you gave before about the coach, like the women's coach, I do X, Y, and Z, versus the, the example of being a little more inspirational. And it's because right. it's all about just the wording, you know, because sometimes we think, well, we're pitching ourselves. I'm pitching me. But that's not exactly what you're doing, right? You should pitch the idea. Pitch the idea, not, not yourself. Don't sell yourself to me. Inspire me with the idea that comes from your point of view. Because oftentimes when we're pitching, you know, people were told to write in some of those credibility markers. So for me, if I was like, I have a doctorate in physical therapy and I have helped over X amount of people. And are those things like if you're pitching for something like a TEDx, is that something that you as the organizer want to hear or does that matter? It, do, it does matter. I want to know that I want to know who the, who the people are that are applying. Um, the level of your expertise or credibility is less interesting to me. The idea is most interesting. So in my application, I don't have them lead with that. I have them lead with the idea. And I think they're, they're, resume is at the bottom. Uh, so I really want to have the idea be what piques my interest first, not if you've been on Oprah. Okay. All right. No, I think that's great advice because oftentimes 
I think we're, it's so ingrained in, in a lot of us to kind of lead with all these, look how great I am markers versus leading with the idea. When in fact, if you're sifting through hundreds of these, you want something that's going to really grab you, right? Absolutely. The more creative you can get, the better for me. What has been for you, you know, at TEDx Lincoln Square, can you say maybe what were your like top three most memorable talks, something that still resonates with you and sticks with you? From my event? Yeah, yeah. One of the most memorable moments from TEDx Lincoln Square's Risk Takers and Changemakers was watching all the speakers take the stage at the end and getting a standing ovation. That was really special. And as a producer of theater, it was so organic and perfect to watch the theater rise to their, the audience rise to their feet and, and give a standing ovation. That was amazing. Um, another in, incredible experience was Brian Hallow Dreams. He is a crumper and I invited him to take the stage and do a talk because I believe crumping is a language and I wanted him to talk about it. And in our meetings prior to the event, he said, maybe my father will respect what I do for the first time because I'm taking a TEDx stage. And that was an incredible moment, one I will never forget. All the speakers that took the stage last year were incredible. They became who they were meant to be as speakers on that stage. And I really feel strongly that my event is not only diverse and thought provoking and creative and entertaining, but it's also a safe community for my speakers to be their best selves. And, you know, creating a safe community is not easy. And having people be able to feel comfortable to be emotional or really say what's on their mind, it's very special, you know, and, and it's not easy to do. So how do you feel like you have been able to accomplish that? Just like the space I create for my actors, my job is to create a safe space for my speakers. Create an environment from the very beginning, from the very first correspondence in email, welcoming to the TEDx Lincoln Square, looking beyond season, to the constant communication, to the clear communication, to the constant support, to the um, green room that is a silent area for everyone to be able to meditate quietly or go over their talk. I create literally a safe, quiet space at the theater for them. Um, we do uh, an exercise together as a group. They're all at tech rehearsal. They're all at dress rehearsal. So for me, it's just the same as creating a safe space for any of the shows I put on. And I've been doing that for years and I know it works. And I applied that same technique and environment to my speakers. Uh, that's great advice. And for anyone out there who is putting on any sort of um, event like this where speakers are involved, I, I think it's so important. The one thing that really stuck out for me there was um, that kind of clear communication. What kind of communication tips, I guess, would you have for other people who might be doing what you're doing, these kind of large events? Make sure that everybody knows what their expectations 
are and make sure that you meet you, you, you set up what the expectations are and then you meet those expectations. What's next for you? Where, where are you at? Where, where can people find more about you? You can find more about me at the big talk um, I am shooting another documentary this coming week and um, I'm also working with entrepreneurs and, and creating short documentaries on who they are. It's the same thing I do with speakers. I, I allow them to become who they are and who they're meant to be through their talk. So these short docs has become this amazing experience. And um, the documentary I made on Chris Shembra is actually official selection of the uh, short documentary film festival with New York Women in Film and Television here in New York. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So it's very exciting. And we're having a screening of another doc I made on Jamie Broderick, who is a visibility strategist. And that's happening on November 27th at the Triad. And you can find information on all of that on my website. And I would also love to give your your listeners a free ebook on how to inspire instead of pitch. Nice. And you can get that at the art of the big talk forward slash four ways. And that's the number four. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, You're so, so welcome. So now before we kind of sign off here, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, and that is knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to yourself as a fresh grad? You just stepped out. You got your diploma. What would you tell yourself? I would say you are exactly where you need to be and everyone you meet will have an impact on your life. I am definitely taking all of this wonderful advice that you gave. And if you were to leave the audience with a couple of take-home tips from today's talk, what would that be? I think the most important thing when you are doing a big talk is be yourself, not who you think other people want you to be. Mm, That's great advice. And oftentimes, very hard to follow. Um, But it's great advice. And so now people can get in touch with you at thebigtalknyc.com. And uh, just for all the listeners, um, we will have everything at the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So one click can take you straight to Tricia. You can get her wonderful gift for you, how how to inspire instead of pitch, which is awesome. And uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day and coming on. This was great advice. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. It's a pleasure. Anytime, anytime. And everybody else, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great, great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. 